0: Hut Media We talk a lot about the power of representation in the media on this show. But what exactly do we mean when we say it and why does it matter so much? Everything you watch, read, and listen to tells a story. In those stories, the storytellers try to make sense of what they think is important or funny or moving or interesting. So when the storytellers are primarily straight, white, cisgendered men of a certain age, as they have been historically in Hollywood, you end up with a lot of stories about, you guessed it, straight, white, cisgendered men of a certain age. And even if that categorization doesn't describe you or even the majority of Americans, people in that category have been the ones with the most access and the largest platforms. As people who don't fit into what would appear to be the American mainstream, a lot of us go through our formative years and beyond with a lot of unanswered questions. We might ask if there isn't a place for me in movies, TV, and books, is there a place for me anywhere? And when we do see people similar to us, it's often through the eyes of an outsider, which leads to one-dimensional and token characters. It's infuriating, but it is getting better. As a performer outside the narrow confines of what Hollywood has historically deemed star material, it isn't often that you get an opportunity to portray a character that encompasses a lot of your own personal qualities. When my guest today auditioned for the part of Alice on the series Good Trouble, she got that opportunity. Today we talked to the hilarious Sherry Cola about her career as a stand-up comedian and an actor, the movement of representation of Asian faces in TV and movies, and she'll teach us a very important and useful phrase in Shanghai needs. I'm Levi Chambers, and this is Pride. <laughs> you are on the record.
1: <laughs> this is the official uh, audio taping of my memoir.
0: Exactly. Surprise. Already are you ready? <laughs> yes. Okay, could you introduce yourself?
1: <laughs> What's going on? My name is Sherry Cola. C-O-L-A, no relation. To Ricola, the cough drop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, common misconception. Born in Shanghai, Sherry moved to the U.S. in 1994 with her parents when she was four years old.
1: And we went to Alhambra and then eventually made our way to Temple City. So I grew up, uh, for the most part, in the 626. We like to call it San Gabriel Valley, which is, um, you know, a, a big, juicy plate of Asians. You know what I mean? So it was cool being close to my culture.
0: A big, juicy plate is the perfect way to describe the San Gabriel Valley, which is now famous for its fantastic Chinese restaurants, thanks in large part to the Pulitzer Prize-winning food critic and L.A. culinary icon, Jonathan Gold.
1: My parents had a restaurant, actually. Um, They opened a restaurant when I was in fifth grade, and they still have it. And it's like a nice little mom-and-pop joint uh, in San Gabriel, and people really like it. It's cheap. Um, it's, it's delicious and my parents are divorced now, but they still have the restaurant. So that's a pilot that I'm writing. Um, and together, <laughs> no, no,
0: just me. Sherry stayed local for college and attended Cal State Fullerton, where she majored in communications with an emphasis in entertainment studies. She says it was a bit of a random choice, but sounded like a safe way to stay involved in what she liked. Um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure
1: exactly what I wanted to do, but I had things that I'd like to do. You know what I mean? Like in high school, I hosted the talent show. I, I, uh, you know, was in this film club where we made funny videos. I did a whole bunch of things that kind of expressed my personality. And I, I was always like, I loved making people laugh. Like that was a constant in my entire life, you know? So- it was interesting that I didn't realize it was a possibility to kind of do it as an end game. And truly, it might be, you know, the lack of representation, especially at that time. Like maybe I just didn't think it was possible because I, especially because being an immigrant, I kind of always had that, you know, foreigner feeling, if you will, like where, oh, well, TV and movies, uh, that's for Americans. You know what I mean? Something like that, especially not seeing myself on the screen. So I kind of just went to college and, you know, majored in something generic, you know, just to get a degree. And I actually found radio in college. So I did campus radio for three and a half years. And um, I kind of just fell in love with it. And I thought, okay, maybe this is what I'll
0: pursue. After she graduated, she got a job at Amp Radio 97.1 FM.
1: Uh I started from the bottom. I mean, that's what you know as someone who wants to pursue radio is that you literally have to get your foot in the door at the bottom of the ladder, you know? So I did promo team. I'm talking like passing stickers out at uh, a concert, you know what I mean. Uh, setting up tents at a Metro PCS, like you know, street team stuff. And and then I started doing some social media. And then I started um, a board hopping on the weekends. You know, I would go uh, on the street at events uh, and and get sound bites from listeners. Like so, I started to do more and more because that, that's that was my goal.
0: And about two and a half years into her job at the radio station, she started performing stand up. It was
1: um, like a show in Fullerton, like one of the dudes from K-Rock, which was our sister station, started, Or he just like put on a comedy show, you know, and, and my boss kind of convinced me to do it. I'm like, I've literally been dying to do this for real. Let me just do it. Fell in love with it at the same time simultaneously that week I had a character called Lil Tasty that completely went viral and that was just kind of on a whim um with the homies and all that stuff so it was this week of like oh let me just fully commit to comedy you know let me just dive in completely just watch I'm gonna be on that billboard one day you feel me Lil Tasty I'm on that billboard I'm still bored When I listen to these rappers.
0: A couple of months after she had really started going for it, Carson Daly, who was the morning host of Amp, heard about Sherry's success.
1: Like, he was like, wait, this girl does stand-up, and she does this character that went viral. Why aren't we utilizing her? So then I met with him, and then basically I ended up... um, like doing a, a, a segment, like a comedic segment on their morning show, like it was kind of sporadic, you know, it wasn't too, too consistent. But, you know, they had me on whenever they could just to talk about uh, what happened this week in a, in a funny way. You know what I mean? So then um, eventually I, I got my own show on Sunday nights.
0: Her show was called The Bay Show. And on it, she interviewed musicians like Khalid, Fifth Harmony and Noah Cyrus.
1: And it was really cool. It was really, really cool. Like, truly. Um, And that was actually around the same time I started acting.
0: Sherry got her first opportunity playing Natalie on Jill Soloway's 2016 Amazon show, I Love Dick. Jill Soloway is also an amazing non-binary creative responsible for the show Transparent and the 2013 film Afternoon Delight. Jill, if you're listening, you're amazing.
1: Uh, So it was really cool being on a set like that, you know, which was so diverse and inclusive, etc. in every umbrella, you know what I mean? Um, And then I went on to just doing more and more. While
0: pursuing acting, she continued to hone her stand-up chops. And she is still very much a part of the stand-up world, where she says she has the support of a solid community of like-minded comics
1: a couple of them, a few of them, maybe a handful are queer Asian females, you know what I mean? So it's like, we exist, you know, it's just um, when we finally pop off in the mainstream, you know, people will be more aware uh, of us. But like, stand up, first of all, is, is not overnight, you know, that's the thing that I've realized, because with acting, you could... Book your very first role ever, and it be the life changing thing that you're a movie star. You know what I mean. But stand up comedy, that is a hustle. Like it matters how many hours you've put into it. Truly, like the honing that craft. You know, I mean, you're literally creating these words yourself and then performing it alone (laughs) you know what I mean it's it's very there's a lot of workshopping you know there's a lot of improving you know so um it's definitely a grind uh and I've only been doing it for three and a half years you know since that beginning of that journey that I've um that I told you about from radio you know so um I I haven't even been doing it for that long. But I feel like, you know, I do have this unique voice and, like, a perspective that's, you know, uh, refreshing, if you will. So, like, uh, with me, like, I don't actually—I talk about a whole bunch of
0: stuff. Since starting her stand-up career, she's performed with more and more high-quality comedians. She opened for Arsenio Hall in Florida and recently Chris Kattan in Vegas. She even opened for Ronnie Chang's Netflix taping. But before all that, before she really got her career moving— She almost lost her momentum. After doing I Love Dick and the MTV show Safe Word, everything kind of slowed down. Like, I I did not
1: book anything for, like, a a solid, like, year until I did did Claws on TNT. And after Claws, it was Good Trouble. So maybe I did, like, a a co-star here and there and, like, little things. But because I had that much downtime, because it was kind of a... For me, even though I'd only been in the damn game for like minutes, you know what I mean? It felt like uh, uh, this plateau of like, you know, just kind of like, oh, I'm not really getting any work. So I started creating things myself. You know what I mean? That's what you need to do. I started um, writing. I started developing this uh, sketch show that I'm still trying to do. It's still up my sleeve. I um, did the Sundance New Voices Lab with the Lil Tasty Project um, with my homegirl, Veronica Rodriguez, who I met at Funny or Die. Brilliant. Um, My point is, like, I started to, you know, of course, I I kept doing stand-up. I I just, like, had to take matters into my own hands, you know, once you have that much downtime. Because, yeah, it can, it's such a, a, an unpredictable career, you know. Like even, you know, with Good Trouble, like you know, we we just wrapped season two. We still haven't heard about season three. You know what I mean? Even though it, it, people love the show, it's likely with TV shows you never freaking know. You know what I mean? You could. This is extremely hypothetical, but in general, TV shows that like you can get canceled tomorrow, and you and you don't have income anymore. You know what I mean? It's like literally, it's so up in the air that um, you just kind of have to. Take matters into your own hands and create your own things. And like in between, I don't know, I just I just kept busy.
0: And staying busy
1: paid off. I remember like a month before I booked Good Trouble, there was something I didn't book and I was devastated, you know? But I'm like, wow, okay, this was just written in the stars, clearly, because if I booked that other thing, I wouldn't have been able to do Good Trouble. And it's like, whoa, what? You know, so you really have to trust um, your, your path, you know?
0: And Sherry says that path led her to playing Alice on Good Trouble. A spinoff of the popular show, The Fosters, Sherry's character Alice is the manager of the apartment complex where the two main characters live.
1: It's so interesting because after playing Alice, I'm like, wow, like, I this really set the bar of, like, important work. You know what I mean? Like, truly, especially with the community of, of Asian entertainers, like, truly fighting for a place in Hollywood right now, I can't give up. I truly cannot give up. You know, it's not an option at this point. Like I've come too far for me to ever not do what I'm doing right now. So, I think uh just kind of that reminder, you know, of also like my mom and I sometimes talk about how insane this all is. Like once again, my mom just wanted to support me and take care of me. Like she was Fine with me having a comfortable life, you know. We never, in a million years, thought I would be on a billboard. You know what I mean? Like it's nuts, you know. And and, and that's that's really really cool, you know. So um, we've already exceeded ex- exceeded our expectations of coming to America. You know what I mean? It's like it's really cool. So they're like, Sherry's on a billboard.
0: We're yeah, done. That's what I'm saying. Close the restaurant. We can
1: <laughs> move back to Shanghai at this point. You know what I mean? Like I've peaked. Um, but that it is really cool being on a billboard. I, I FaceTime my mom
0: playing Alice and having her face on a billboard actually kicked off her coming out journey.
1: I mean, it, coming out story is such a strong word, or, you know, strong three words, um, because I don't know, it, It's it wasn't that much of a, you know, kind of like a big uh,
0: a moment. When we come back, Sherry's complicated relationship with the whole concept of coming out. Today, we're talking to bisexual comedian and actor, Sherry Cola. She took us on a journey across two continents spanning 20 years. We learned about her childhood growing up working in her family's restaurant, and the path she took to get to Hollywood, from college to radio and I Love Dick to her most recent role on the freeform show, Good Trouble. Auditioning, rehearsing, and filming Good Trouble made Sherry aware of the fact that she had never really come out to her parents. But seeing her character Alice living in sort of a parallel life inspired her. And I was already so surprised, even in freaking
1: 2008, that someone wanted to see this character on the screen, you know, like reading the audition um, description of this character. It was like first generation Asian American, uh, lesbian, not out to her parents, like aspires to be a stand up. Um, That was already in the in the plans before I even went into the room. Um, and I just was so touched that someone wrote this character and wants to see this character because I've never seen that in my life on the screen, you know what I mean? So already I'm like, oh, this is dope. So I'm going in and the deeper I get into that audition process, the more I realize, oh, like I need to be this character. Like this character is freaking important, you know, like, For Asian American girls everywhere, for for queer young Asian people everywhere, etc. You know what I mean. I just feel like you know having um, this as a role model, if you will, is so necessary. So when I actually got the gig, I was on cloud nine. Number one, literally tears because this is once again like nothing I've ever seen on the screen before. And I and I told myself, I'm like, in order to potentially become a role model. You know what I mean? Like, I have to live my
0: truth, you know? Sherry says it was important for her to prepare her mom for the idea that she was going to play a lesbian on the screen. And that conversation gave her the opportunity to also tell her mom about herself. Even though she wasn't concealing her sexuality and her social life, she says that they just didn't talk about it at home.
1: And the thing about, like, being bisexual, like, I've literally been bisexual Forever you know what I mean like I've just been living my life my friends know and and uh, whoever knows knows you know what I mean? Like I even talk about it in my stand-up sometimes So if you happen to catch it you catch it Okay, I don't think I'm a baby person, but I've realized that babies and I actually do have a lot in common, okay? Most nights out of the week. I find myself struggling to walk puke all over my clothes You know and after a couple shots of fireball. I found myself sucking on a titty. I'm not gonna lie
0: but in the age of social media and as a person with a public persona, Sherry says she wasn't sure how big of a deal she should make of it.
1: And I battled with that as well, like whether or not I should, you know what I mean? It's a lot of like, like, should I post this picture with a huge paragraph? Like how, what What should I do? You know what I mean? So, so I feel like I ended up just kind of talking about it. You know what I mean? Just like if it comes up, it comes up because it's who I am. You know what I mean? So as opposed to like, hey, attention, attention. It's like, if you ask me about it, I'll tell you about it. You know what I mean?
0: She knew that this was not something her mom was going to ask her about. So she decided to have a conversation. Uh, I ended up sitting my mom down and just
1: telling her, like, hey, you know, this character that, you know, I'm going to be on Good Trouble, she's a lesbian. And then my mom was like, oh, okay, that's fine, okay. And then I was like, no, 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 but here's the thing. (laughs) I was like, I also, you know, like... I kind of just said, I also, <laughs> in know, in, in, in Chinese, um, in the dialect of Shanghai. That's what we speak at the house. Um, and she was like, huh, like, like she was genuinely processing it, which I found surprising. It's just interesting. Like, I was surprised that she was surprised. But that's the thing. It's like, you know, we're we're immigrants. This is not something that is t- typical publicly, if you will, in, in you know, Chinese culture, or, um, you know, they're still catching up, you know what I mean, to our, uh, how open we are now with it, you know what I mean? They're still catching up to the new, new
0: way of looking at LGBTQ communities. Sherry says that being queer in the Chinese community is hard to describe because, like it was at her house, being LGBTQ plus is just something that isn't talked about almost
1: in a way doesn't exist it's not an option it's weird you know like you my mom was surprised even though like (laughs) not to put you know physical attributes or like you know uh, uh, mannerisms as the defining point of someone being you know queer or not but like for me I was just surprised that she was surprised (laughs) you know what I mean like that (laughs) I I that came out of my mouth but like that's the thing. It's not an option in, in their heads, you know, it, in that traditional mindset, you know, my mom, as much as she she's supportive, and she's on board, you know, with uh, the character I play, etc. She's so proud. It' unbelievable. My mom is like, I truly do not deserve her. Like, I love her so much. The support is real, you know what I mean? Um, but that's separate from like, you she truly didn't grow up with these, you know, uh, ideas, you know what I mean? Like, maybe but it's like, oh, you kind of probably don't talk about, I don't know. But, um, and I can't speak for every single person, you know, I can't speak for every single person in an Asian household. I can't speak for every Chinese person. <clears throat> but you know, it's like, there are, uh, there is some progress, like obviously Taiwan, just like um, in last year, uh, I think legalized same sex marriage, which is amazing. I mean, and you know, I, of course I sent the link to my mom and just like, you know, it's, it's all about educating and like truly just opening minds, I think.
0: But even when she dated guys in her teens and 20s, she says she didn't really talk about that with her mom either.
1: Not that you shouldn't, but like, just something about like, I remember, I don't know, it's this weird thing. And I'm really unpacking it right now because this is my Friday therapy sesh. Um, But like... There's something about, just in general, as a teenager, you don't want your parents in your business, you know, all that stuff. So I had my first boyfriend when I was like 17 and I really liked him. Like he and I really, really liked each other. And um, I was so like, I, I don't know what I was going through back then, but I didn't want to dance. So like the whole thing was Sherry doesn't want to go to prom. Like everyone freaking knew it. So he didn't ask me. So we ended up hanging out that night instead, whatever. But we didn't go to prom. So my mom, because she like knew some of the other parents that night, she was like, oh, wasn't there like a prom tonight? Like, how come you didn't go? And, and then I just kind of like lied and was like, oh, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like it. Instead of saying, oh, I actually technically had a date. You know, I have a boyfriend. Like, I don't know. It just you don't you don't say it. But why? It's weird. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't want them to think of you in a different way. I don't know. Truly, I don't. So then that carries on. You know, and everyone else that I've dated since, like, whether it just didn't get serious enough for an an introduction or like they have been in the same room, but I just don't say like, hey, this is also I'm dating this guy. You know, whatever, etc. Um, but I you know, it wasn't until later on that um, I started realizing, oh, I really am attracted to women as well. You know what I mean? Because I had these moments like in high school where like, oh, I would have a sleepover and like, you know, you know, girls can be very friendly and like, you know, put your their head on your shoulder or whatever. And I remember like those moments like made me so nervous, you know, and I didn't really think too deeply in the moment. Of course, I had that quick thought, you know, but I'm like, okay, whatever, like, I'm, you know, I just, just, I don't know, but but the whole thing is, like, when I when I realized that um, that I was attracted to the women uh, and men, like, I, I just kind of just, I was still just living my damn life, pretty much, but the point is, the conversations were never had with my mom, like, she genuinely thought I was, like, a robot, like, and also, like, she just sees me as her little dumpling, you know what I mean, her little red <laughs> bean bun, you know what I mean, like, she doesn't see me as this creature that, like... Dates. It's so weird. Like, she even asked me one time. She was like, so when you see, like, a guy, like, do you feel anything? (laughs) Like, just in general. You know what I mean? Like, because I've never, you know. So then, anyway. So when I finally had this conversation, it was, like, 45 minutes of really me crying. Because it was so built up. Because this is so much pressure on me for so many years, you know. Of, like, finally being real. You know what I mean? And, like, um and you know there was a lot of back and forth some stuff that you know she but she's grasping it you know what I mean she's still um, kind of absorbing this information I don't expect her to say everything right you know what I mean (laughs) because she's learning you know but the point is um, yeah it's like you know dating wasn't really talked about growing up let alone sexuality you know what I mean so it was a big thing for me uh,
0: to just let my mom know Telling her mom was important, but beyond that, Sherry says she struggles with what amount of public sharing, if any, belongs in her coming out story.
1: And I still battle with if that's necessary. I don't know. You know, what what do you think? It's like, should someone need to be like, hey, like world, I'm bisexual. It really depends on the person, right? And I feel like for me, because I've always lived in, in such a free spirit way, to be honest, um... Like, I've always been this way, like, for the most part, you know, what you see in front of you, it just, um, certain things weren't brought to light specifically to my mother, you know? I, I just, like, I. the point is I've always lived so freely and, like, just kind of, you know, doing my thing and very, like, um, laid-back. <laughs> You know, where I'm just like, you know, if I talk about it, I talk about it, you know, all that stuff. But I technically haven't had the conversation with my dad, but he literally is all up in my social media. There's no way he doesn't know because um, with all the swipe ups and swipe this. Um, I don't know. He, I don't I don't know if I feel. A need to have the conversation maybe but also like uh, until I'm really bringing someone to his house you know what I mean like we'll cross that bridge when we get there I don't know I truly don't know I'm still figuring it out that's the thing it's like it's not a perfect story it's not um like very it's not black and white I'm, I'm truly just uh also figuring a lot of stuff out you know what I mean but the point is it was important for my mom to know that that for sure was number one on my list because um you know it just it's it's interesting living your life for so long and, and like the most important person to you does not know like such a big thing about you it's very i mean but that's everyone's situation pre coming out you know so like it's <laughs> i just said pre come <laughs> okay. we need to a... <laughs> anyway no but the point is <laughs> I'm literally, I've been talking for too long uh, about this because I truly am trying to grasp it myself. You know what I mean? That's the thing. We're all still trying to figure it out, you know? Um, Yeah, it's it's very interesting. But the point is, my mom
0: is a rock star. (laughs) Sherry says that despite having moved here from China as adults, her parents are both pretty open-minded.
1: So my dad actually so my mom my parents aren't it's weird. It's not that they're traditional at all, you know? They're really not. Like it was not like like traditional when you think of like really traditional. I don't know. My dad also did radio when he came to America. Um, of course in the Chinese radio station. And like he actually always wanted to be famous as well, and like um an actor and the host, et cetera. Like he always talks about this opportunity back in China where he was like snubbed and like he was in this contest where this competition where uh he was like the runner-up of like something fame related um but like he he came to America with the goal of like really embracing being American and 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 you know the American dream and um, he, you know, he's listening to Bruno Mars and like, you know, going, like watching the Lakers, you know what I mean? Like, a lot, you know, those just seem like American things uh, to me right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> those are american
1: things I don't know why bruno mars like, about
0: bruno. that's cause that's one of his
1: current <laughs> obsessions uh okay. not so much in 1994 but the point is he his english is better than my mom's for that reason because he was like he wanted to be american you know my mom just kind of wanted to work hard provide for me you know what i mean but my dad was kind of you know I, he was wandering you know what i mean he was out there um and so he's definitely not traditional at all You know, it's it's not that they're traditional. It's just, you know, something they didn't know about me. I think that's what it is at the end of the day. You know, it's like it's like if I just like told my parents that I I secretly want to be a magician or something, you know, that's something that I've been hiding. It's it's almost in that sense where it's just a layer of me. They didn't know. You know, it's not like it's weird. It's not like they were ever like, don't be gay. It's just, it's just, they didn't think, I don't know. It's very, it's once again, I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I'm still trying to grasp this whole thing, you know, Um, but. It's
0: interesting that in some like weird circular way, your character is also affecting your personal life because your family watches it and gets to know this character who's a lesbian. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like it's almost an educational thing for them, even though it's. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Fake, still.
1: Absolutely educational for them as well. And for other Asian people and other Asian parents. And I've talked about this before of like that scene with Alice, you know, coming out to her parents is so crucial because one, I, I have personally never seen that scene before. I'm trying to think if I have forgive me if it has been done, Um, but I personally have never seen that scene before. And by doing that, by us giving, by Good Trouble giving Sherry Cola, an Asian girl, uh, an opportunity to play this character, we are representing that story on the screen. Other Asian parents who may be more old-fashioned will see it and be open to their kids being in the queer community. Literally, it A little goes such a long way. And that's why, you know, truly the narrow-mindedness has been perpetuated because it has not been represented. We were not visible on the screen. You know, this didn't exist on TV. Why should anyone let it exist in real life? You know, like literally because... It's the hypothetical thought is what I'm saying. You know, like because Alice... Characters like Alice weren't on TV for 20-something years. That's why for 20-something years... Asian parents, not Asian exactly, but you know, immigrant parents, parents in general who aren't open to their kids being in the queer community. that's why they 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 weren't open to it because they didn't see it. you know what I mean? like my, my point is, it's like if an Asian mom sees that scene, she'll be like, huh, okay. Maybe I'm gonna be open to my daughter also being, you know, uh, Asian and queer, and that should be okay, you know? I'm watching Alice's parents deal with it, you know, and, and and wow, Alice has to go through such bizarre lengths to hide who she is. I don't want my daughter doing that. You know what? Yeah, I, I would rather my daughter be um, openly queer with me, you know? Like, you know, just these thoughts truly will be open and explored because we're showing this on the screen, so... That's, it's interesting yeah. that
0: may even have helped your parents because they see you totally. playing this
1: role. Exactly.
0: Come up with it to the same conclusions just from watching you do it. Like, oh, I don't want Sherry to feel that way.
1: Yeah, I hope but so. Alice feels. I hope so. You know, that's, that's the thing. Like, this show is just opening so many minds. And I think that's so, so,
0: so essential. Yeah. When we come back, the fight for representation in the media and Sherry teaches us a couple of new words. Before the break, comedian Sherry Cola talked about how her character's storyline on Good Trouble inspired her to live authentically. Coming out to her mom had another benefit. She now could be free and open in her stand-up without worrying about sharing too much. Definitely before
1: I told my mom I was bisexual, there was that, you know, just this pressure of, ah, like, should I talk about... Being attracted to girls in my stand-up, what if a video accidentally gets on the internet and then my mom somehow stumbles upon it? There was a lot of like, you know, uh, chains, emotional chains, if you will, you know what I mean? So after the fact, I kind of been looser about it. Um and in terms of my dad, I actually I didn't tell him that I'm bisexual, but I did tell him that I'm playing a lesbian character. That kind of came up as well because I have half sisters and not that like i have to prepare them for it but i just kind of wanted them to know cuz they were excited to watch the show and then uh, you know in i just I, you know i just wanted to i don't it's it's messed up that we even have to preface and like you know uh you know prepare them for such things it's it's and hopefully we get to a point where it'll be so like a, everyone will be fine with it where i don't need to be like hey just so you know Alice is a <laughs> you lesbian. know what i mean like it, it's it's so interesting but i uh, just for the sake of You know a 10 year old and a 13 year old who like you know quote unquote like i was gonna say quote unquote look up to me not that being lesbian isn't looked up to to worth you know what i mean like it's like so many first of all like side note so many asian girls look up to me right now because of the representation of Alice on the screen, you know, like people DM me all the time about how they've never seen a character like this, they truly feel seen. You know, we're talking about Asian girls, we're talking about Asian queer girls, we're just talking about Asians with traditional parents, etc. You know what I mean?
0: When it comes to representation in the media, it's also important to remind people that there is no limit to the number of new faces that can find a place in the spotlight.
1: Yeah, exactly and hopefully that platform gets bigger and bigger. You know, I know within the community, we're very aware of each other. You know, I have a big sisterhood of Asian women actresses that, you know, as as well as Asian uh uh women comedians where we are supporting each other. I feel like at this point because we're seeing more and more opportunity, I always preach that, you know, we can truly put competition behind us, you know, and like empower each other. I feel like, you know, a few years back, like there were so few spots, you know what I mean, where it was easy to feel like, oh, I need to push you out the seat, you know. But I feel like really at this point, like it's we're all in it together, you know what I mean. We have to be. We literally have to join forces for Hollywood to take it seriously, you know. So anyway, I'm, I'm you know, I can go on for days about this stuff, but um, yeah, I didn't really feel, um, I mean, I I did feel like I wanted to portray this character as truthfully
0: as possible, you know, as real as possible. The 2018 movie Crazy Rich Asians was a big deal for Asian representation in the media. One of the stars in that movie was actress and rapper Aquafina, who stars in the new film The Farewell, which also tells the story of a Chinese family.
1: Aquafina is so dope. I love her so much. She is an inspiration to us all. Um, And I... Yeah, we've seen a, a, a bit of progress in the last couple of years but for me especially looking at it with Asian eyes like I still don't think it's enough and we are not even close to being on an equal playing field yet like there's so much more work to be done like truly just the gap between Fresh Off the Boat and Margaret Cho's show Um, she had a sitcom as well uh, on on, I believe it was ABC as well Um, I think it went for one season Um, but the fact that that I mean some people didn't even know that existed you know what I mean so so you can see how long it's freaking been you know Um, same with you know it was Joy Luck Club was like the last like American movie with Asian leads and then
0: that was like 25 years until Crazy Rich and and it's really interesting I really wonder why Sherry says she sometimes has conversations with non-Asian people in the industry and asks if they notice the lack of representation.
1: Even being Asian, sometimes you don't realize it yourself. You know what I mean? I grew up watching uh, Friends and Living Single, you know what I mean? Fresh Prince. And I, I literally never saw myself, but I didn't even, like, realize it.
0: And that's part of the reason why she thinks the thought of becoming a performer didn't enter her mind until she was an adult. Because I didn't exist in that world.
1: Um, so now that we are seeing more and more progress, especially with Aquafina being a damn like icon, right? And that's the thing about Aquafina. She is so funny and talented. And I've been watching her. Like I I maybe like at least eight years ago, I was watching her on
0: YouTube. Like she was doing these funny rap videos.
1: This is Aquafina bitch.
0: Sherry says it was a breath of fresh air to watch an Asian girl define herself, rather than having someone else present the idea of her through non-Asian eyes. But this progress has been in the works for a long time. It's been cultivated by a lot of talented people.
1: Like, it is not overnight, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these Asian faces have been working and hustling for so long. I mean, Randall Park, I was watching him, like, on... uh, Wild and Out. He was on the original MTV Wild and Out. Like, that was how many years ago? Ali Wong, I saw her for the first time um, on Chelsea Lately, The Roundtable. That was how many years ago? You know what I mean? These people have existed, truly. It's just now they're finally getting the attention they deserve.
0: There does seem to be some new and hard-won momentum building for Asian representation. But before all this, there were the pioneers of the 90s and early aughts like Lucy Liu.
1: Yeah, with Charlie's Angels, that was huge. Now that I think about it, that was like kind of really a big deal. Um, and and yeah, she's definitely up there as one of the pioneers, a thousand percent. You know what I mean? And and John Cho as well. You know what I mean? Like people who are leads of movies. Yeah, for sure. But you want, I, I mean, yeah, Ming Ming Na Wen, you know, the, who played Mulan, um, and she was also in Joy Luck Club, um, and it, it just there were sprinkles of of a but few. But now it's like. But now it's like. I mean, there's still so much work to be done, you know, like now we are seeing more and more progress. And I'm excited because I know it's not a phase, you know what I mean? I know it's not just like an Asian trend that's happening right now. I feel like literally we've latched on, we've given the world a taste. And clearly from things like Crazy Rich Asians, the farewell, like these are quality things that we've pushed out. So I think we've proved that, you know, that we can be taken seriously in telling these stories and, you know, like highlighting our culture at the same time being relatable as human beings, you know, because Crazy Rich Asians, Asian aside, it was a, an incredible rom-com, you know what I mean? The, the farewell, like it, it is such a, a universal story of your grandmother, you know, and this family, like the family dynamics, you know, so it's like all of these things are relatable like asians can tell these stories too you know so um yeah we're doing we're doing a lot um and and i really hats off to aquafina for really killing it seriously and like kind of showing the world um that we're out here and and there's so many of us out here along with her you know what i mean so i'm excited for uh what the future brings
0: the future is bright for sherry cola You can watch her play Alice on season one and two of Good Trouble. Plus, you can catch her in a couple of upcoming feature films. I hope
1: um, that the world will see this soon. I recently did a movie uh, with Nina Dobrev and uh, a bunch of other amazing women called Sick Girl. And I think they might be doing the festival route, um, but I'm so excited for, for the world to see that because it's this comedy about four friends who, you know... Like, the friendship is tested and, and kind of the lengths you go to, to keep, you know, your your girls, you know what I mean, uh, by your side. Um, and it's hilarious. And I also did this other movie uh, called Endings Beginnings, uh, directed by Drake Doremus, uh, opposite Shailene Woodley. And I play one of her friends. I'm not, like, in it that much, but it's pretty dope that I was in it. <laughs> um, I think that should be hitting in theater soon. That's what I hear. Um, also, oh, there's this show called The Funny Dance Show on E! that I was a part of, were Comedians Dance Battle. So that was dope. I think that should be on the horizon as well. Um, Hopefully, we hear news about Good Trouble. Um, Good news about Good Trouble? Exactly.
0: (laughs) Good news. In the days between our interview and today, Good Trouble was renewed for a third season. Meanwhile, Sherry says she's working on her stand-up, writing, and keeping Lil Tasty alive.
1: You know, a lot of stuff up my sleeve,
0: so hopefully they come to light very soon. Connect with Sherry on Instagram.
1: It's Sherry Cola without the E. It was taken. Like this like older uh, white lady (laughs) in like Arkansas (laughs) is also named Sherry Cola. You didn't like DM her and say like, could I have that? I I think I actually did, but I don't think she's active. Like, well, no, here's the thing. I think she's active enough for Instagram not to, you know, shun her because we've tried. We've really tried, Um, but it's fine. But it's fine. Uh, Sherry Cola without the E on Instagram.
0: <laughs> and you're just supposed to teach me a little bit of Mandarin here. Oh, so yeah. Th- something fun.
1: We gotta, okay, so
0: you boobs. Something. Boobs. I like that. Okay, let's do it. This one's easy. Okay. I'll start. Nana. To- Nana.
1: So, oh, actually, I just realized that's Shanghainese. I okay. forgot. I get Wait. it mixed up sometimes. So I, I was born in Shanghai. So I speak the dialect of Shanghai, but I learned Mandarin because my parents own a restaurant and I was just like talking with the customers and stuff like that. So I'm actually going to teach you Shanghainese. That's even more niche. Ooh. But yeah, so Nana gonna add this is to my boobs. my LinkedIn. Nana is boobs. <laughs> Nana? <laughs> you could add it to your resume. Um, Nana is boobs. Um, is that like, it would be like phonetically like N-A-N-A? I think so. Okay. Nana? Which cl- is close to like nene, uh- which is grandma. Because you know, oh. there's a lot of accent marks in 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 Chinese nene, languages. Nana, yeah. yeah. So if you want to say nene anana, use a. Uh, uh, you say a uh, in between, kind of like saying it's grandma's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> so you can say nene anana, nene a nana. lo kue, lo kue. Grandma's boobies are really cute. <laughs> nene anana, lo kue. Nice. Na, 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 look yeah. And
0: that's how you say <laughs> Grandma's <laughs> boobies are really cute
1: Yes <laughs> That could be the title of this episode too <laughs> That's the payoff
0: Pride is a production of Straw Hut Media. If you like the show, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're tuning in from. Share us with your friends, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Pride. You can follow me at Levi Chambers.
1: Babies over billboards. That's the title of my Netflix special. (laughs)